the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Big day today. It is a Monday. It is raining out a little bit right now. But they had told, uh, at least my app had told me, that uh, we were supposed to get half an inch of rain last night. We didn't know how to get any rain last night. It all broke up and went around us. So uh, we missed a lot of that. But during this week, rain from today all the way through Thursday is what they're saying. It's going to be wet, 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 wet. The first day of summer, though, is the 20th. Now, if I'm correct, is that like next weekend? Uh, what is it? Or is it this the weekend? The 20th this would be in seventh, so 13 days. Okay. Okay, we're figuring it out over here. That uh, would be Sunday. Sunday. This Sunday? <laughs> no, Sunday be, a week. No, Sunday a week. Okay, so 20th or 21st, first day of Sunday? summer all right and when i looked at my when i looked at my my forecast when i come back from this trip which is going to be a soggy trip the way it's looking uh gonna be hot gonna be summertime and i'm all for that and dry and i'm really for that i'm tired of the rain to be honest with you all right let's start off with the big story today in an op-ed over the weekend senator uh, manchin spanked his party about the voting act we just read what it says we now are witnessing that the fundamental right to vote has itself become overtly politicized today's debate about how to best protect our right to vote and to hold elections however is not about finding common ground but seeking partisan advantage whether it's a state law that seeks to needlessly restrict voting or politicians who ignore the need to secure our elections, partisan policymaking won't instill confidence in our democracy. It will destroy it. Um, I, I think the, that's interesting that Manchin said that. He's, he's, sto- he's sounding more and more like a Republican every day. Uh, he understands what hr1 does or s1 does i i i don't understand why they're even trying to pass it it is unconstitutional on its face well, when have the democrats you know? cared about that though well i, I understand <laughs> but i mean it, it is it's unconstitutional on its face elections are to be held by the states not by the federal government but the democrat party is seeking to federalize all yes they are uh elections and really what that would mean for you folks is you no longer have a vote you know so uh thank god for joe manchin and uh perhaps he'll just keep 
leaning right, leaning right, and fall over to the right side. Well, I'm hoping that he'll he'll just keep leaning right because he's leaning right into the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. and and that's what's exciting. I kind mean, of where he we should be keep, all along. Yeah, he wants to keep uh, the uh, the filibuster. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants to keep it. Now we have weakened the filibuster in the past, but we've never gotten rid of. Never it. gotten rid of. It. I mean, I got problems that the the way the filibuster is done now. If you don't have sixty votes, you can't make it move. That's not the way the filibuster was was set up. It was set up that you had to talk. You had to get up and talk. <laughs> now you could tag team it. It didn't have to be just one yeah. guy. You could tag team it. But uh, if you've ever watched Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's the way it was supposed to work. It was to give the minority party an opportunity before, to hold something up. Before you moved to uh, Arkansas, and maybe maybe before you were born uh, there, my good fellow, uh, Senator Dale Bumpus of Arkansas uh, did one of the longest filibusters, yep. uh, you know, in Senate history. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could go. He, mm-hmm. he, was, he was quite a gentleman. Uh, he really was. What Democrat, was he? What he was, was he holding out on? I don't Do you remember, remember what it was? I, was? I was so young on that. And that's why I said this before you moved to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, sometime, probably before this gentleman was born. Something Paul tells me born. that it wasn't conservative. It, it it wasn't, but you know, back <laughs> back then, uh, back then, a, a Democrat view may have been just as conservative as a modern, true. modern Republican. Yeah, that's true. Republicans it, back then. Uh, you know? Odds are, yeah. If it dealt are. if it dealt with Russia. It definitely would have no, normally been as conservative as a Republican. You know, it, you're just saying that uh, if it was Russia, we were all united on things like that. Yep. Russia, China, anything outside of our borders, we were pretty much united on. You know why? You know, that, they why? still remember World War II. Of course. You know what yesterday was, 77th anniversary mm-hmm. D-Day. Yeah. But people, I bet you I could talk to most millennials. And they, they, know. they wouldn't have a clue if I said, well, today's D-Day. Well, Wait, what's that mean? It's not even dessert day. Going, going past that, <laughs> when I uh, when I was teaching uh, at at the university uh, just a few years ago, and December seventh rolled around. Oh no! And, and and I'm talking to some of the students that were military students, and I said, "Hey, what's significant about today?" And just didn't have a clue. And you know, you go on and throw another hint, throw another hint. I said, "What's militarily significant about today?" You know, and just went on and on. And they still wouldn't get it. They still didn't get it. So you finally just said, well, I did. I said Pearl Harbor. And, you know, you still get this glazed over look. Really? They didn't yes. even know that they much. They didn't even know that. You wow. Know. And, and you can't blame, you know, I, I can't say kids, you can't but college be students for you can't, you what can't, they don't know if they've never been taught. What's I was going to say? If they're ignorant because they haven't been taught, then yes. that's not their fault. No, it's not their fault. And so that's a failing, again, of the school system. And that's why we're where we are today. Because we've allowed our public schools and and private schools to uh, not even teach well, and, and you know, maybe, critical maybe history of, like that. Maybe part of that is because that some of the, the these the things that these wars were fought over are now actively supported. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, by many on the left. Mm-hmm. I was talking about that. Uh, I, I spoke out in Conway. Uh, was given a speech about wokeism uh, <laughs> out there and uh, talking to the group of people out there. And uh, I mentioned about that type of stuff, and it just people just don't know yeah. it anymore. They just don't. just don't know it anymore. Wow, it's it's scary. Mm-hmm. And I I mean I gave a little bit of history about wokeism, where you know where it really came from. Mm-hmm. I mean, in its current incarnation, 
it started with black lives matter mm-hmm. they're the ones that really you know started talking about being woke <laughs> i'm woke to this and i'm woke to that not woke to the truth no but uh, but but woke up as to far the, as that to goes. your so truth or my well, truth or their oh, don't even take they're, they're woke oh, don't start me on yeah. that paul that's an hour show <laughs> they're, they're woke but what they're depending on is everyone else being asleep mm. yeah and that's exactly what's, challenge what's taking, well right, I, I, won't challenge them. I think part of what it comes down to is that if if you're not a, a person who's well studied and well i heard this story it must be true and I don't care about the other side. Well, I read it on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I saw I saw a video on YouTube. Yeah, it must yeah, be it telling must me be the true, truth. Right. Absolutely, must yep. be. Except, understand that Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and all the rest of them now decide who is telling the truth right. and who is mm-hmm. not telling the truth. Yeah, and that's always a danger. See, that's no different than what happened in Nazi Germany. No, that's true. That's, is, that's true. That is absolutely correct. And you would think about how in the world did Hitler, uh, you would think, I mean, we're, we're sitting here today in retrospect, looking back at you think, how would they allow such a monster to become their leader? Well, the same way we we allowed uh, certain people well, here how, in this how, country how, how and did, uh, local communities how did we get to, to the take point, leadership. How did we get to the point in just a few weeks or months where governors could shut down churches? last year how do how we get that way because people are afraid and stupid mm-hmm. i don't know if it i don't even think it's stupidity i think it's fear yeah it no, i think i think it is oh, and i think, and right I think we need to call it what it is it's cowardice it's not just simple fear it's cowardice where you're allowing or calling for your government to come and shut down churches well i've heard pastors say well i won't talk about that because i'm afraid to take away my tax exemption number one they can't <laughs> they can't but number yeah. two is so who do you serve, man, the government, or manna? Uh, let's let's flip that. Make that number one because yeah. nothing else God matters. Man. Yeah, yeah, nothing else matters. <laughs> it's all about who you serve, Dave. You you nailed it. Yeah, because uh, I mean, you go okay. If I serve God, and they say well, if you do this, you're, we're going to lock you up. And then so be it. You have to be locked up. Yeah, to be locked up. <laughs> oh, so be it. You it know, goes in. That's the way it, uh, it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about critical race theory next hour. Uh, State Representative Mark Lowry will be with us starting at 7.05. Probably keep him for most of the hour because mm-hmm. I've got a lot of questions about it. I need some uh, some learning on that. <laughs> and it, that's what this show is all about. Yeah. You know, if it's a major topic, we'll sit down and talk about it so that when you walk away, you can't say you didn't know didn't what know. it was about. Critical race theory from what little I know about it, is a weird ideology. It's dangerous. Well, you're it, it's bizarre. You're dangerous because you're white. I guess so. That's critical. <laughs> that's critical race theory. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you. It's it's just it sounds like straight up racism. Well, it is, but they don't see it as racism because you've been, as far as they're concerned, at the top of the of the food chain all of this time. And, of course, because of Western civilization, the white man has been at the top of the food chain <laughs> all of the time. doesn't matter what Western civilization, uh, civilization has done for the world. It only matters who was in power. Do, do I get any credit for the three drops of Indian blood in my... No. Nope. Oh. 
No, you yeah. Got, I'm sure you got to have more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're AOC. Oh. Okay. And she just, she got or, very, a little tiny. Bit. Or, or Pocahontas. Yeah. yeah, Pocahontas, Warren. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest. All you got to have for her is have high cheekbones. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Well, she said it. I didn't. She's the one who said it. Just look at me. I got high cheekbones. I've got to be Native American. At least I'm, part of me. I'm Native American. I was born here. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's talk about East End Towing real quickly here. East End Towing uh, belongs to the Arkansas Towing and Recovery Board, which means that they're making sure that the companies around meet all the uh, laws and and rules that a, a tow business should meet. They are licensed and insured. You don't want to be towed by somebody that's not insured. And uh, each of their trucks is permitted here in the state. Keep that in mind. So no matter the situation, uh, when you need somebody to tow you, uh, East End Towing can handle it, has all the answers that you probably are going to have on your mind. Like, you know, when the state police tell you we got to tow this car, you have first tips on telling who you want to tow the car. Yeah, and, and you will save a lot of money because the bottom line is they just put out the call and it's whichever tow truck shows up first uh and then will they take you to an impound lot uh, and then you got to pay them to get it out of the impound lot keep all that kind of stuff in mind but east end towing understands all that so put this phone number either in your glove compartment in your wallet or in your purse all right 888-8849 because that's the number or East End Towing. Okay, so if you missed the very beginning of the show, we talked about Senator Manchin from West Virginia putting a marker in the ground and saying, I will not vote for H.R. 1 or or S. 1. That is the voting, quote, rights bill that the Democrats have out there. What do they call it? I have the, had the name written down. It's called... For the People Act. That's what it's called. It's really for the politicians act on the left. But uh, bottom line, he said he won't. Now, he put this down, and with it being as close as it is in the Senate, it means that that bill doesn't stand a chance of passing. And if it doesn't stand a chance of passing, then they can't even get to the Supreme Court and try to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is Manchin has really – sent the left over the top yeah. they're going crazy yeah. about this i mean absolutely well, not he, he seems to be the one who's kind of standing in the gap well and her, him and uh, the lady cinema is that her name from out in arizona she's standing she's standing she's, firm about uh, the uh, the whole thing about uh, the filibuster mm-hmm. says she won't change it yeah. and that's driving the left crazy uh-huh. as well yeah, Manchin, because those are two of the things that Manchin did say uh, during the election, that he would not support That's right. uh, those two, uh, the filibuster or uh, or packing the Supreme Court. I mean, he did say those two things. Well, he thought he was going to perhaps lose if he didn't start running to the right mm-hmm. because Trump was huge yeah. in West Virginia. In West Virginia. <laughs> and I think it's possible that even sort of the some of the – leadership behind the scenes in the democrat party actually want these senators 
to hold out because maybe they realize that yeah because they don't have the guts to break away from their own party and vote for what's truth well i, I think well I, I don't know if they're that principle. I think what may be – I think there may be a little more pragmatic about it in, in that they realize that if if Manchin steps aside or some or this other senator steps aside and basically allows the Democrat Party to go hog wild mm-hmm. with their foolishness, that the um, Senate will look more like maybe 63 um, – 37 – Next time around, uh, with the Republican favor, I still think it has a great opportunity yeah. to be lost by. No, I think it does. I, no, I'm, I'm just both of those seats that they won in in Georgia, they're up for grabs again. Nothing. Well, and, yeah. so, and as, but but what I'm thinking is that that if the Democrats really got a lot of this foolishness done, that it would really push them over the edge so hard that. I think there might be overwhelming majorities in both the House and the Senate next time around. You know, you know, one of the things that we really should give some thought to is why is the uh, why, why are the the uh, people in the Democrat Party, just the everyday Joe people in the Democrat Party, why are they not rising up and saying, hey, what what in the world are you guys? Doing I don't up know, there? because the Democrat Party has just gone headlong, mind numbingly insane. Yeah, it, it's nuts right now. They're they're not just a little bit crazy. I mean, they 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 need buckles in the back of their jackets. Crazy, yeah. some of them straight jackets. I some won't of say all of, all of them, but not all of them, but, but some of them. But the, the thing that bothers me is the ones that aren't even in the Democrat straight jacket that won't tell Pelosi, mm-hmm. "I will not support that. I just won't." Now she can bring all kinds of pressure on you. Uh, money that would go to your state and stuff wouldn't end up in your state, and that could maybe maybe that costs you an election. It might, might. But here's the key: you know, why are you there if not to protect the union? Absolutely. Uh, uh, and, and are they not going back <laughs> to their people? Uh, you, you know, those uh, representatives and saying, "Hey, you know, if if this is what this is the pressure they're putting on me to." to vote this way and I need you to to hang in there with me and support me. Uh, you know, I believe if you just go to the people, talk to the people, the people will, will stay with you and support you. Uh, if it's all about just getting reelected, you know, it, maybe you, not. What, so that, much. what does that mean? Just to be reelected again? I, I don't know how many. If that's all it is. I don't know how many. Legislator, I don't know how many legislators, elected officials actually have that much courage to go to their people and say, Hey, the Democrat leadership or the Republican leadership is putting lots of pressure on me to do things wrong. Mm-hmm. Will you back me up? Yeah. How many how many legislators do you know in Arkansas who would do that? I believe there are a few. No, there's probably a few. I believe there. I believe there there are a few. We've I mean, seen it at our local level of our local legislature. There there yeah. there are a handful of legislators here in Arkansas that I really appreciate. And here's the other thing, since we don't teach real civics in, in our school systems anymore, and uh, this form of government, you're supposed to have, we're not supposed to just elect these officials, uh, representatives rather, send them off to Washington or Little Rock and then just wash our hands and be through with them yep, until we're the next election. supposed to be watching them. This is supposed to be a participatory well, it, it would be a lot uh, better form if, of government. If a lot more of us would hold their hands. Yeah, I mean, think about it. these words, we, the people. 
you cannot escape those three words. They're we the people. It's a theme of Arkansas, man. We, we probably need to be more like we the serfs. The model. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it will be if, if the people well, I mean, that's don't, where, that's, don't get more that's, involved and, and stay involved, right. stay connected. That's where we're at. You know, this this is a much different day than when we were growing up. Uh, I mean, you got the advent of the cell phone and instant message. When I say instant messaging, I'm not talking about the messenger, but, you know, where you can contact someone instantly. Oh, sure. I mean, just before they push the button to vote for a certain thing. That phone should be smoking hot. Yeah, you, you should know. be letting them know how them you know. would like to see them to vote. We'd like to see you vote. Right. And believe me, it makes a difference. So it if does you're make out a there listening, you keep in contact with your representative. Mm-hmm. They really do want to hear from right. you. There's a lot of these things they vote on. You don't get any any feedback. Except from, for from the maybe a few opposition. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe That's from a real big Man, they, they stack the room. You know, Paul, they stack, well, you know, today. They it, stack the room when it's the committee rooms. Right. And, you can't hardly and, get in. And, and the fact is that. By proxy, you are actually doing lobbying because your tax dollars are going towards lobbying, which yes. is maddening. Yes. It's insane how, how many tax-funded lobbyists are down but there. But so you can stop that. We should be able if to. If people, if the, the electorate will just stand up and say, Absolutely. Right, it should, nay. It should be illegal. Because I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not just, um, well, let's get someone in, someone else in, because they, too, can become corrupted. Sure. So you have I've seen that. I won't name, won't name names on the state legislature, but there's two gentlemen specifically that I've seen lose, how do I say, the wind in their sails mm-hmm. since they've been serving. It depends on who's blowing the wind. All right. <laughs> let's talk about uh, the news. That's coming up right now. I've been explaining to you over the uh, last few weeks that there's fewer homes on the market and the money to get to, to borrow to buy a home uh, is uh, readily avail- available, which make, makes it a seller's market. That's exactly what's happened. Now, being a, in a seller's market is good, but you want to make sure that if you're one of the houses that are out there, you want to be the house that people are looking at. And you need somebody that's got a marketing strategy to do that. And Dustin Turner does. He's able to do that. If you want to sell your home but you're not sure where to start, the first thing is to reach out to an agent who can give you options. And uh, while, uh, you know, people like Wade uh, wanted to sell his home, uh, but uh, it needed a lot of repairs, he called Dustin for help. Now, I was talking to these guys well, I think it was Paul I was talking to, and I was saying that I'm thinking really seriously. I, I said, this year or next year, well, I'm about selling my home. Well, I'm thinking about this year now because the market's so hot. But it, I, I got a few things that I need to do at my house. So uh, I'll get a hold of Dustin. Dustin will give me uh, information that I can use to make my decision. Should I make a, a, a fix or shouldn't I? Because there's three different ways you can look at this. According to Dustin, you got... One, do the renovations to get top dollar. Uh, two, an instant cash offer that he can do for you. And three, list the home and sell as is. Well, Wade decided to list the home as is. Dustin was able to get a buyer for the home and even assisted the buyer in getting the necessary loan to make the renovations. Selling your home with Dustin really can't be any easier uh than that so how do you get a hold of him well you just give him you just give him a call that's all you have to do 
uh, dial, dial him up at uh, 501-952. And, uh, you know, hold on, I'm getting, getting my, my, my phone number here. I lost my phone number. I got to get it for you. Get it taken care of. Well, don't you hate it when you touch your screen <laughs> and it you, you have it right where you want? You touch the screen and it it disappears. It takes off. Oh yeah, it just starts rolling away from you. It's really, really weird. Well, just go here. Go to go visit him online. Go to hometeamsoldit.com. Hometeamsoldit.com, and you get a hold of him. 501-952-2969. There, I got it. Yeah. 501-952-2969. And like I tell you, call the only agent I'd call if I needed to sell my home. And I'm going to call Dustin, not this week because I'll be out of town, but probably next week. I want to know what my ifs are, so to speak. I think the, and, the, the uh, market is crazy hot right well, now. Well, I, I looked at a, a site recently and they had my home worth well over $200,000, and I only paid $164,000 for no, it. I think that sounds about reasonable. So I'm I mean, looking. Just, just from what I've been seeing in the last few weeks, I've been... I've been um, well, you've been to my house. I got a I nice have, yeah, house. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what, and that's I live in Cabot. That's what I'm saying. I, th- you know, I think that just... Got a full brick you know, house. Got yeah, a full, just, uh, above ground pool, because yeah. I live on the ridge. Uh, and uh, a big one. I mean, holds thirty six thousand gallons of water. Wow. That's so, a tall drink. Yeah, you can get into <laughs> it. Now it's five foot, five and a half foot all the way across. Here's the reason I did that. Number one, I'm not going to put a diving board on my pool because <laughs> I got to have extra insurance to do that. Mm. Same thing with the the sliding board. You got to do the same thing. With a sliding board? Yeah, a you, slide. You know, huh. a slide that you get up and slide down. Yeah, they'll charge you more money because somebody could fall off the slide and hurt themselves. Wow. Well. So you, you got to keep that in mind. So what could I, go wrong if you were in his water first? So I didn't need <laughs> I didn't need to get down to, to like eight and a half, ten feet. Oh yeah, at the end. So now five and a half people come over to my house. They're in there. They're drinking their cokes or their adult beverage with a little umbrella in it, and they're standing in the water, staying cool and enjoying themselves. Huh. So that's basically why we did that. So deep enough to swim. And I got a really nice deck at the end of the pool and stuff. Mm-hmm. So bottom line. It probably would, I think, go for a higher no, price. I, I think it might. No, I, I, I've been a little more active in the real estate market in the last couple months or so. And, and um, Thinking about selling some of your properties? Um, selling and buying. Oh. Both. So the bottom line is, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Call Dustin Turner. <laughs> Call him up and let him help you out. you got to have somebody to help you out. Everybody needs help once in a while. Yeah. You know, I slept in a Holiday Inn overnight, but I still didn't learn everything I needed to learn about real estate. <laughs> Just saying. So something I keep in mind. Holiday right. Inn. So, wow. Yeah. Do you remember that? You yeah. stayed at a Holiday Inn. And, and it's a certain kind of Holiday Inn. It's just not a Holiday Inn. It's what's the one that uh, they got? Express. Uh, yeah, Express. You got to yeah, stay at the Express. Express. Express, you get you know some kind of brain transplant or something with it. <laughs> Just so you know. All right, so we talked about mansion. That, that's an important story for you to keep uh, yeah, keep watching because you want to make sure you know what these senators are up to. And but let me say this: you don't know exactly what they're up to until the time for the vote comes up. 
It's when they push the button. That's it right there. That you'll know exactly where they're at. I've I've listened to politicians before tell you they're against this and they're against this and they're against this. And then the vote comes and they, and they vote, vote for, for it. it. They vote for it. And, and who knows why. There's so much pressure in different directions. They've got lobbyists. They've got... They might be making backroom deals that somebody's going to vote for their other bills. Well, if else. they go if they go back on what they've been saying that they're going to do, then I can tell you that they're not afraid of their constituency. No. You know, I think the one that I've heard over the years, decades really, uh, overall, is it has to be on the abortion issue. And it goes something like this. Well, personally, you know, according to my faith, personally, I'm against abortions, but I don't let that, you know, I can't let that take I my personal. I can't let my religious my, my view, religious view well, uh, override you know, other people. Override that. So well, are do, you do insane? You, well, is, is, do you believe in upholding human rights? Is, is that the purpose of government? If that's not the purpose of government, then, then, then what are we here for? Well, that's not a human, remember? That's oh, right. That's right. They, so they don't believe. Do in, they don't believe. Redefine in, it. They don't believe in science, do no. they? You know yeah, the thing that it. the thing that really breaks my heart, and I've been seeing more of this recently um, on TikTok and Snapchat and some other things, and that is these young ladies, and typically they're below twenty-five years mm-hmm. old, college age. Yeah, that are laughing and celebrating mm-hmm. killing a human being yes i mean that it breaks my heart that they do that and now they're here's the other thing this is the new thing that the left is doing listen for it you're going to hear it you may not have noticed it yet but i'm going to mention it to you and you'll start knowing it uh we call ourselves pro-life if we have fought against abortion they say we're pro-birth have you heard this They'll say, yeah, you're you're all about they're giving uh, birth to the children, but what do you do after that? You don't take care of the, 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 killed, the children who have been saved from abortion. Better that they die than maybe not grow up with everything at your disposal. To that I say, B.S., I didn't grow Double up rich by any stretch. Double dip of it. Yeah, I didn't, you know. Well, they, if, I'm gonna now let me make my point ahead, here. All right, if that's the case, if poverty is so bad that you should die instead of being in it, then let's all go out and buy an AR-15 so that we can shoot a little bit faster than a bolt action, mm. and go into the poorest neighborhoods of America. Oh, let's I start. Bet. Let's start. Yeah, let's start with Baltimore. How about that? One of those Democrat-controlled cities. And, and just shoot everybody who's in poverty because God knows nobody <laughs> should have to live like that. But, the, but that would be, I hear that argument all the time, Iris, would be and lo- I know you do too. That would be yeah. logic. But, but the fact is we're not talking about people who are logical. No, they just want their way. So, right. so, so all these children, you know, who are watching our television set, and we see all of the television set. Yeah, when's the last time you heard that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we see all these little children in third screen. world countries. So, should we just go drop a bomb on Evidently, all of that civilization? Better because, that they weren't born because they're so poor, and, and you know that's it's what just they pitiful. say. Better that they weren't born. Oh, gosh, all you, right. You know, I, I tell you what. I didn't know, of course, until I got a lot older that I grew up in in, in poverty um, in some of those early years. 
I didn't know that the way we were living was considered poverty. No, I didn't either because everybody else next to me was living the same, same way. way. <laughs> well, I, we were never outside. I don't ever we, remember we, being hungry or going without no. proper clothing we or keep, anything like that. We keep like moving that. that line, and it's like, okay, we're calling people poor who are stinking, filthy, rich compared to a lot of the history of the world. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we didn't live in a, a house. A lot of the history uh, of the United States. Where <laughs> we had running water until I was 10 years old. Wow. Yeah, but I as far as... Poverty, I, I never thought of it as being poor. Now, you were on the other side of the other side of the tracks. I, <laughs> I, I at least had running water. <laughs> well, you lived up north. Yeah, <laughs> I know, had running water. We just a little bit slower. We had indoor, you know, we had, we had a, a commode inside yeah, the house yeah. and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were uptown when we when we. I mean, we were four hundred and seventy-five really square foot home is what I lived. Really? In. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I could put. I can put. That's about the size of this studio, isn't it? Yeah, a little, little, little bit size. bigger. A little maybe, bit bigger. A little bit maybe bigger. Not as a little bit bigger than my garage at yeah. my house. And <laughs> I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. She says, "Would you quit repeating that?" I wish my father were alive today, because he would think that I have gone. Far beyond anything any Ellswick has ever got done, wow. because I've got a two thousand square foot home uh-huh. on a corner lot of an acre. He would have thought I'd hit the lottery. Well, he really would, and in his mind, I had. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I have. Yeah. Just a few years ago, that was maybe a couple of decades that that literally would be the lottery. Well, and I, mean, I had a, sw- I got a swimming pool. Yeah, look at look at the 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 nice neighborhoods from 50 years ago mm-hmm. they're getting to be the ghettos now yeah or they're some of the rougher areas sometimes i mean it's, it's so, i mean yeah. you, you, i mean poor poverty so when you start saying that but what stories do we want to hear what stories inspire us the most the guy that's born with a silver spoon in their mouth or the guy who came out of poverty and worked his way through he builds a shack out of out of out of um pallet lumber and, and and gets himself out of poverty and works hard and oh wait we we've made that illegal yeah what, what was it was it uh world war ii when this girl walked from china or something she had to eat mud uh i forget what war it was what era it was she had to eat mud just to, to so she wouldn't have so much hunger pains wow but you know then she becomes pretty literally world famous mm. But if we're going to say, if you're born in poverty, <laughs> we got to wipe you out because, you know, gosh. You know, God, who that, wants to grow yeah, that, up in poverty? That's an yeah. absurd argument for killing children. And for somebody to tell me that we can't feed them here in this country, there are so many food banks. We give out so many uh, food stamps. Don't we tell me that, so we're not, yeah, that we're not trying to feed the poor. We do do that. It's the parents. Mm-hmm. That are misusing what they are given. All right, let's take a break. We got to get another break in. Final break for this hour. Don't forget, next hour, State Representative Mark Lowry and critical race theory. You got to know about this because it's going to be a, a big fight here in the state over the next couple of years. Don't forget about St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning. They'll clean your home way down to the baseboards. I mean, I can't tell you the last time. I've ever got on my hands and knees and cleaned the baseboards. In fact, I can tell you the last time I did it was living with my parents because my mother was a clean freak. And so I had to get down and do that. Every Saturday, she would say, we're going to clean the house. And so I said, okay, what do you want me to do today? 
I had to move every piece of furniture in the living room. There weren't that many, okay? Look, we had a couch and a chair. Yeah, it was heavier furniture. But we had to move it because mom always vacuumed under the furniture. And I always said, why? You can't see it. That was my, that's the way I felt about it. But that's what we had to do. It had to go, had to get the, um, the cleanser out. Remember cleanser? Where you would shake it out of the, out of the, the thing and, and, uh, it would turn kind of like a green blue. And I had to scrub out the, uh, the bathtub with it. Get that ring out really good, man. They wanted a white, you wanted yeah, that to be white. Yeah. You know, cleanser. That's what it was called. Cleanser. And you would do that. All the different things that you did. And then along came Lysol. So on Saturdays, when you walked into the house and you were a visitor, it smelled clean. All right. Well, let's put it this way. St. Clarity Residential Cleaner may not use any of those products now, but your house will smell that clean again because they do a great job. Now, typically for them to come out to your house and give you about four to five hours of cleaning, it's about 300 bucks if you got 2,500 square foot. Uh, I can save you some money on that. We work very closely with folks at St. Clarity, and we will uh, give you or sell to you a uh, certificate for 150 bucks. They'll do the cleaning the same four or five hours. They come out before they do it. They sit down and they talk to you. They find out where the problem areas are. They survey them and they make notes and they get that to the people who are going to do the cleaning and say, don't miss this corner, you know, that kind of stuff. So they make it really, really clean in your home. $150. All you got to do between 9 and 5, call 404-6560. 404-6560. And they'll be happy to sell you a uh, one of these uh, $150 uh you know, coupons so that you can get your house cleaned. And by the way, can't just call up the next day and get them out to your house. It used to be that way. Now they're 10 days out. All right. They, their business has really increased because they are that good. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right. Six minutes left here in uh, this hour. Then we'll pick up Mark Lowry uh, in the next hour. He'll be calling in. Uh, at seven o'clock hour and we're going to talk about critical race theory and you're saying i don't why is that so important wait till you hear what he has to tell you here's what i will tell you the state legislature gonna have to get some cojones all right because they'll say well it's up to schools to decide what they're going to teach to their students not if they're teaching things that aren't true the 1619 project is not true. It's a bald-faced lie. Critical race theory is a bald-faced lie. Why would we allow anything like that yeah. to be taught in our school system anywhere? I got to ask that question. Anywhere? Why would you? All right. So I'll, I'll, we're gonna we're gonna edu- <laughs> we're gonna educate you, you in the next hour. Yeah. 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 Well, it gets me going. It gets me going. You went to the uh, Republican uh, meeting on Friday. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, you went to, what was it, uh, the Reagan-Rockefeller Reagan dinner? Reagan-Rockefeller dinner. I think it should be called the the Washington-Reagan dinner, personally. Now, I know they call it Rockefeller because yeah. Rockefeller, you know, governor of the state and all of the rest. But I still think Washington should be in it. 
Yeah, maybe so, but think about like that. But they're saying he was a slave state. owner. We're talking about RPA, Republican Party of yeah. Arkansas. Yes, that's and, true. And Rockefeller really would be the grandfather. You're of, true. Of that's true. And Reagan, still the greatest Republican president we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Christy Nome was there. Yeah, and, governor and, and, of South and, Dakota. Yeah, I was about to tell you what what she said that uh, got her into politics, and you know her, they have a, had family farm, and their dad had quite a, you know several different businesses. Now let me say the family farm. He's a row cropper, ten thousand acres. So let you know the scope of that. He's a farmer. He's baby. a real farmer. And yeah, had a lot of a lot of things he's, going he's in the family. Not a, not a hobby, hobby farmer. Yeah, she was uh, in college, and uh, some accident happened. He was killed. At 49 years old, so she left college mm. as a senior and uh, came home to take care of the family business, didn't know just how much it was, and rocking along, and then uh, they get a letter, the family gets a notice from the, I said I should say notice, from the IRS, that the IRS want to become partners in their business to the tune of 55%. Mm-hmm. Fifty. They wanted five. to, or they were going to. They were going okay, to. Okay, there. Okay. The IRS doesn't. They don't. They don't come they and don't ask. ask. They tell That's you exactly right. And so she thought, what? I mean, fifty-five percent. I mean, Paul, you ready to give up fifty-five percent of your business? No, neither am I. But that's how she got involved, and she just started going to a lot of the little local things and and. and Pretty soon, someone said, "You need to run for this office," <laughs> <laughs> and she ran for that. With the way it and it just happens. kept working its way through, and she finally, of course, went to Congress—the only congressperson from, uh, you know, her state, South Dakota. <laughs> they just had one, one person. That was her, and and so that's how she got involved. And too often, that's really the way most people get involved. If something hits them very personally, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you have to wait. I mean, I mean, you have, you have to, you want to do something about it. So 55% death tax, something her family had been working on to build for generations. And then in one failed swoop, the government comes in and says, we want 55% of that. Which basically makes you have to sell it. Yes. Unless you can come up with an enormous amount of cash. Where are you going to come up with that kind of money? I can't. 55 percent i can't come up with cash to buy ten thousand acres yeah. i mean i mean a lot of businesses are trying to make payroll how are you going to make payroll and give away 55 percent of the business at the That's same time exactly right you know you're not you're not going to do that and in that type of business you think you have one crop failure hmm. one bad year that could set you back. belly up baby yeah belly up <laughs> so That's what happens <laughs> All right. I wish I could have seen her. I'd like oh, to have heard she what she had to say. Marvelous. I've had a lot of people text me and email me over the weekend saying, Dave, you should have been there. Yeah, I wish I could have. But my wife is not a political animal in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. And she didn't want to go to go to the to the uh, uh, the dinner. And I have to admit, I don't like to sit by myself. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't have been I, by yourself. There yeah. been about 700 other people there you could sit with. The way it goes. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Got news, and then uh, State Representative Mark Lowry joins us when we return. Hey, 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 hey. 
back with you. Yeah, I always oh. say squirrel's nothing but a rat with fancy tail, guys. That's exactly uh, what I Tasty what I rat, too. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've eaten a lot of squirrel in my time. I was uh, a judge up in northwest Arkansas for the uh, uh, the every year yeah. they let the people cook. Oh. And there's some there's some good stuff. The best thing I've ever eaten at that uh, that cook off was uh, squirrel uh, egg rolls. Squirrel, <laughs> squirrel egg rolls. Squirrel <laughs> egg rolls, and they were squirrel good, man. They were really good. Uh, and look, when I eat food like that, I don't think about that little squirrel, squirrel that's yeah. sitting in front of me, looking at me like, "Oh, give me a peanut," you know, or something. You know? <laughs> I don't think of it that way. I just oh, look at man. what's in front of me and go, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. I'll give it a try. Oh, and it's just man. like you said, Pastor, when we're taking a break. You know, you bless it and eat it. You bless it and eat it, man. <laughs> you know, when you ever hear someone say, I don't eat this, I won't eat that, and I'll, my You've response been hungry, is, you? you've never been that hungry. That's, that's it. You've never don't tell been me hungry. what you won't eat. You, you, yeah. know, you, you just get, haven't been hungry yeah, enough well, yet. You know, people say... Dave, you ate dog in Korea? Yes, I did. Yeah. That's a over there delicacy. Hey, I rem- do you remember food. it was about three years ago, China was sending some astronauts up, and the world got in an uproar because one of the food items that they were taking with uh-huh. them was dog. <laughs> Maybe it lasts longer. And they got up people got <laughs> upset. You know, they really did. They got upset. Let me tell you what. That's the way the people in India feel about you eating a cow. Well, that's true. How can you eat your grandmother like that? (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Anyway, dietary laws, man. I really don't pay too much attention isn't, to Isn't them. that part of the the, the what of, of the experience of travel is eating other different types I of think foods so. and things? Now I got well, we got state representative Lowry waiting, but one last thing on this, Mark, just so and, and you're gonna hear this. I know you're you're listening. But uh you go over there to to the the Far East and stuff. Look, you're gonna eat things that you've never eaten before. You go to the Middle East, you're gonna eat things oh, yeah. you've never eaten before. You know, goat's eye soup and yeah. all kinds of wild stuff. But uh, it's usually pretty good. But then I, I mentioned to people, go down south and have a real piece of country ham where they got the ham hanging out in the barn, <laughs> you know, and it's got mold all over it. And they cut all that off and they got it really salted, yeah. okay? And then they take and they cut the pieces of ham off and put it on the table. People eat that. And mountain oysters. Yeah. I'm just saying, man. There, there's things that we eat in this country. Well, you put cheese in a cave and let it mold. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so. just saying. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm fine. Good morning. What's the weirdest thing? You, what's the weirdest thing know. you've ever ate? Uh, boy, nothing compared to what y'all are talking. About. <laughs> 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 now wait. Now, are you a Southern boy? I am. And yeah. you and you've not eaten mountain oysters in any way, shape, or form. No way. Okay. <laughs> not, not, that, not that you know of, anyway. I, I, I guess I'd have to say that I'm a city slicker uh, Southern boy. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we've got State uh, Representative Mark Lowry with us this hour, and the reason I asked him to come on is during the the legislative session, I was really disappointed that. Uh, the legislators were not listening closely when uh, Mark was trying to teach them about 1619 mm-hmm. and about critical race theory. Now, 
the big argument that I heard during 1619 is why is the legislature trying to tell the schools what they can and cannot teach? And I, I wrote back to Mark last night. I was texting with him, and I said, "You know what? We don't. We we try not to to teach falsehoods in our schools, and that is exactly what sixteen nineteen is. It is an absolute falsehood. Sixteen nineteen that was started by the New York Times basically says America didn't start in seventeen seventy six. It started in sixteen nineteen when slaves first arrived in america is is that a nice way of putting it mark well that's a nice way of presenting the factual inaccuracy yeah i know Uh, i mean as a matter of fact the first slaves uh were brought to this continent in 1530 so even on that basis uh the writer uh, of the 1619 project is inaccurate uh in the telling but uh the the real harm of the 1619 project is that uh, the writer goes on to say that uh, ever since 1619 that everything in America has been based on oppression and uh, and white privilege and uh, it you know really holds up to ridicule uh, our founding fathers like Washington Jefferson uh, even criticizes Abraham Lincoln. Uh, of all per- people. I mean, Abraham Lincoln lost his life because of the Emancipation Proclamation and uh, the stance that he took in freeing the slaves. So, uh, you know, it, it is a shame that the legislature, the members of the Education Committee, did not listen. Uh, they listened instead to some mm-hmm. the loud c- cacophony of emails and phone calls that were coming from, you know, I mean, if they'd done any work at all, they would have discovered that the emails were coming from uh, uh, the Antifa crowd, the Black Lives Matter crowd, the teachers union. And, but, uh, you know, because they heard from a few superintendents that said, you know, we, we need to control our, our curriculum. We need school choice. I mean, we need local control. Yeah. Don't uh, say school choice. They don't use those words. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't use that. But they, they want to, uh, and it, you know, it was very frustrating. Uh, we came very close, and, and I'm glad uh, Iverson is on your panel because it gives me an extra opportunity to thank him. He testified twice uh, for me on bills that I presented uh, in the legislature and did an, an amazing job. Well, that whole that whole thing about 1619 is important because 1619 exists because critical race theory exists. Is that not true? Well, you know, they they actually run parallel paths, uh, but but uh, but yes, I, I would say that 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 is the case. Uh, Sixteen nineteen project, and I ran that bill first because I thought, frankly, that that was the easier lift. <laughs> yeah, that was a slam dunk. I thought that was going to be a slam dunk too. Yeah, you know that that we should, and and you know you talk about uh, this argument that we the state legislature should not be mandating or dictating curriculum. In my testimony, I pointed out five or six uh, uh, examples where that very committee uh, had voted on curriculum on things like teaching cursive writing and teaching finance in the schools. Um, uh, my goodness, we even passed a, uh, a bill 
that would mandate the teaching of, uh, which I think is appropriate to talk about the teaching of uh, certain civil rights uh, icons, but we had amended it in uh, a pre- earlier in the session to include teaching about the the contributions of former state representative John Walker. Uh, and uh, Johnny Keed, Secretary of Education, a- admitted in his testimony that all of that is true. The, the legislature has mandated curriculum, uh, though he did say, though we would prefer that, that be left to the local school districts. Only the things that they passed, those were the soup du jours of the day. 1619 is so not understood yet. People don't even, a lot of people don't even know it exists. Uh, it's not the, the soup du jour. Is that probably truthful? Well, I think, you know, of course, we're seeing all over the country bans on critical race theory and legislation, uh, mostly on that. Uh, and, I, and I would say we were probably 60 days ahead of the curve on presenting it in Arkansas. But what's wrong with that? What, what's wrong with us leading the way, uh, as we did, fr- frankly, on some of the uh, – uh, the the gender issues, yep. the, the the transsexual uh, uh, sexual reassignment legislation, all that we led the way on that. We should have been leading the way on this. And uh, you know, I get emails and phone calls all the time going, "How come we couldn't pass this in Arkansas?" Yeah. And uh, frankly, I you know, I sat in on a, a conference call with a legislator from Ohio who is uh, sponsoring legislation there. And she talked with uh, legislators from uh, Oklahoma and Idaho who had passed legislation banning critical race theory. And I will tell you, in their conversation about the resistance they got, none of them referenced the argument of local control. That is apparently something that is much stronger in Arkansas with the superintendent's have way too much power uh, and influence in telling legislators, hey, you know, we'll take care of this ourselves. But send us our checks. Yeah, but they're not taking care of it. They're not doing it. And believe me, when I when I did the research several sessions back and found out that Arkansas school districts were sitting on one point six billion dollars sitting in the bank but asking us for more money, yeah. don't talk to me about local control. But to me, that is criminal. Uh, the kids are are not reading at grade level. I think the number probably statewide is 35% mm-hmm. or less reading at grade level. And school superintendents are sitting on $1.6 billion that can be used even to hire individual tutors to get some of those kids reading at grade level, and they're not doing it. Instead, they just keep getting higher and higher salaries, longer and longer contracts. So don't talk to me about local control. It it makes my blood boil. All right. Our guest is uh, State Representative Mark Lowry. He's from over in the Maumelle area. We're going to continue our discussion, and we're going to get more into uh, critical race theory, which is nothing more than Marxism. Make no doubt about it. It started with Karl Marx, this whole critical uh, race theory, critical thinking, the way that they do it, 
We'll talk about that as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You stay by. We'll be talking about it here in just a moment. Do you have questions about filing for Social Security? We try to give you those type of answers here on our show about what are some of the questions you should be asking, what some the the answers you should be taking into consideration. Here is a situation with David Lucas Financial has put a booklet together. <coughs> it's called Your Guide to Social Security, 27 pages long, outlines what you need to know, can help you get more income when you file for Social Security. And if you're within five years of filing for Social Security, you can get it free just by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you're going to receive a free customized Social Security analysis that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. So pick up the phone, call right now, you'll get a message Leave your name, leave your number, they'll get back to you, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. All right, our guest is uh, State Representative Mark Lowry, and uh, Iverson, you had something you wanted to ask Mark about. How's it going, Mark? It was great uh, working with you during this past uh, legislative uh, session. And, uh, you know, one of the things when we uh, testified during that uh, there was about 14 people, I think, testified on the uh, 1619 project. And if I remember correctly, uh, there were only about two people out of that 14 that actually stated that they read the 1619 project. And that was myself and then a young lady from uh, north uh, northeast Arkansas. And so how are people testifying about something that they have not even read and, and standing as experts when they haven't even read the document. And why would anybody listen to them then? And why would anyone listen to them? Uh, you know, and, and as I, I, you look at that, and we were talking about what can and can't be taught in schools, and one of the things is the 1619, the people just going off uh, about, uh, well, you know, it's teaching black history. No, no, it's not. No. When you look at some of the reading, I'm looking at some of the reading scores uh, from 2019, uh, only 32% of 10th, 11th, and 12th graders uh, can, uh, you know, read at properly grade at grade level. When you look at that, that should be more of a concern for, for superintendents and educators than trying to teach or uh, teach children that the United States was formed in 1619, you know, by slaves on the ship. Under oppression. Under oppression. You know, so right. there were lots of people being oppressed throughout History. history. I mean, it's just it's just part of life. People get oppressed, but it's not. It wasn't just focused on on African slaves. There were there were Irish. There were Chinese. Um, there were Indians who were enslaved. There's Germans. There are Russians. So if you came from outside the country to the country during the Great Migration, everybody started on the lowest peg. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, not right, but it, it's the way it, it is. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Everyone in this room has ancestors who have been enslaved. Well, all of us have had ancestors. I don't think there's any doubt that all of us have had ancestors who were enslaved at one point. When my family came to America, they were indentured servants. Mm-hmm. They had to work for people for X amount of years before they got out from underneath their thumb. And maybe to pay off their passage or whatever it might have been. To it get was a little bit ocean. more than that, but well, yeah. I'm just saying. What, whatever it may be. Yeah, Representative Lowry, let, let me ask this question here. And and just because I don't know, and I'd like to know, um, talking about what has to be mandated to be taught, 
Is that uh, a law in Arkansas that that the Declaration of Independence Constitution has to be at at least covered? Because as I read in the Declaration that that second paragraph there, uh, we we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal. Now that is uh, one hundred eighty degrees of what the uh, sixteen nineteen project and critical race theory teach. So how do we teach? that in the schools and then teach uh, all men are created equal. That kind of answers the whole question, doesn't it? Well, you would think it it would. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not even sure that there is a mandate that the Declaration of Independence be taught in our schools. Uh, we, you know, we probably cannot even get that far uh, past the, the arguments of the superintendents uh, in telling them, you know, what must be taught in the schools. And, you know, Iverson, you, you made the reference about that very few people have it, having even read the 1619 Project. Mm-hmm. The worst part about most of the, uh, just about all of the emails and the testimony against the bills were that they had not even read the bill. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, yeah. uh, you know, four pages. Uh, because the bill, they they would testify that I was mandating that you could not teach uh, black black history. history. Yeah, and that is absolutely not the truth. As a matter of fact, I I said very clearly that I believe that we would be committing educational malpractice. Yes, if we did not teach about, for instance, here in Arkansas, the 1957 Central High Crisis, yep. the Elaine Massacre. The contributions, frankly, uh, of people like John Walker uh, and the, the Little Rock Nine, I think that we should be, should be teaching about that. But the 1619 Project is inaccurate uh, writing that is trying to portray itself as history. Yeah, I, I call and, it I call it a historical heresy. And, <laughs> well, absolutely, and of course, worse yet. Uh, is critical race theory and how it has infused into uh, uh, faculty staff training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also being pushed out. To, you know, I will say one of the great advantages of having uh, run the, the legislation, even though it didn't pass, um, and even though I got a death threat and, and all, you know, it was called racist and uh, bigoted and all that, the great thing is that I believe parents have have been uh, their attention has been heightened mm-hmm. that this is going on uh, in their schools. Uh, I even found out that uh, you know one day I was talking to a teacher in the Little Rock School District, and she said, "Well, give me an example of, of something that you think is just awful uh, related to critical race theory." And I said, "Well, um, you know, I know that the privilege walk." has been used at the uh, Arkansas School for Math and Science. And she starts telling me, oh, gosh, I love the privilege walk. I use it in my classes. So she's a part of it. So she's part of it. (sighs) And it it helped me then realize that we were, you know, y'all can uh, really appreciate this military jargon that, you know, when you're taking on flack, that means you're over the target. That's (laughs) exactly right. That's exactly what it means. And Mark. we were over the target with this legislation. All right, Mark, let me jump in and say we got to take a break, then we're going to bring you back, and then I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you teach my listeners, all right? 
I want you to teach them what critical race theory is and what it's all about. Right now, Rush is up. Here he is on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, now I always tell you we try to teach you here on this show, and and we do a pretty good job of that. That's why I've got uh, State Representative Mark Lowry on today talking about critical race theory. I say that, and you go, what exactly is it? Well, he in this next half hour, he's going to tell you. I want to tell you that if you want to know about uh, health care, about health insurance, you call Pat Davis. Because Pat Davis will tell you a whole different story than what a lot of uh, insurance people will tell you about health insurance. And he'll save you money, 30 to 50% on health insurance. Uh, tell you about a health plan that's great for you if you happen to be self-employed. Uh, it's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. Uh, you can choose any provider in the nation. You don't have to pay any co-pays. How about this? How about if you get a check back from the hospital, the urgent care facility, or even your doctor? Because excess money uh, under his plan goes to the client instead of the insurance company. It's a totally different way of doing things, and you you need to... You know, really educate yourself about it. I almost said educate because I always make fun of them. But to educate yourself, call Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or go online to your health plan man. I mean, that's what everybody calls Pat, their health plan man. That's his website, yourhealthplanmanoneword.com. All right, back to uh, State Representative uh, Mark Lowry. And, Mark, if you would, for my listeners, let me give you about 10 minutes. You probably, you might need more. I don't know. Kind of give them a rundown about what critical race theory is and what are some of the main things that it teaches our teachers, our youth, uh, just our general you know, population. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you referenced earlier that the, some of the origins of critical race theory are, are Marxist in, uh, in uh, color. Um, and, and the real difference there is that Marxism uh, and the original elements of this referenced uh, trying to really pitting classes against one another. Mm-hmm. And that was really not successful in the United States because this class warfare, uh, you know, it, it really had to give, give way to the argument that people in any class had the opportunity to be able to achieve. And, uh, so the theorists then realized, well, we're going to have to have something else to create warfare, uh, between people in, in a, a Republic democracy like the United States. And that, Focus then on race uh, and talking about the differences there and relate. So critical race theory is this academic movement uh, authored by civil rights scholars and, and activists. And it has uh, it's loosely unified by two common views. And I'm uh, reading here from uh, an analysis of it. First, that white supremacy with its societal structural racism exists and it maintains power through current law. So even the argument is that even though slavery may be gone, oppression may be gone, segregation may be gone uh, as it relates to, say, our schools, 
that as long as the current law that we have exists, then white supremacy is still still reigning hold. And then the second thing is this view that uh, it's possible to transform the relationship between law and racial power uh, in, in our society. Now, something that I have noted uh, in a lot of our debates related to education, uh, we have to go through every two years uh, because of um uh, the Lakeview decision, we have to go through what is uh, considered the uh, the adequacy hearings to determine what funding should go to school districts, what we should uh, fund to make sure that there is equity or, excuse me, equality There's or there is adequacy within our school districts. And I noticed over the years that the uh, wording had moved away from Though we still say adequacy, and we maybe at one point even talked about equality and making sure that students in the Delta have an equal opportunity of receiving the funding that's necessary for their schools as, say, a student in northwest Arkansas. But I noticed that members, Democrat members of our uh, committee, kept infusing and project presenting this concept of equity over equality and what equity and i never saw it really as to to what it is but what equity is is to say that if you right now uh i think we spend the state of arkansas since the school districts approximately eight thousand dollars per student that if you have a, a black student uh, that you want to adequately fund, equity says you're going to spend whatever it takes on them to be able to ex- succeed at the same level as a white student. And if that means that you spend double, then you spend double. That is really what is coming, being presented and being projected in critical race theory and why it is is infusing itself and uh, embedding itself in all of our discussions in education in Arkansas. You know, I have no problem recognizing we, we do this with what we, we used to call poverty funding. It was re- related to uh, the school lunch program. Arkansas would provide uh, additional money to school districts that have uh, uh, a certain percentage of students who are, who are below the poverty level or they are uh, receiving the free school lunch program. Uh, and I, but, you know, what we've recognized is that has been unsuccessful in closing the poverty gap as it relates to educational mm-hmm. success. Uh, so what, we, what we're doing is just blindly, in many cases, just sending more money to the school districts, saying close the poverty gap. Use this money however uh, you want to. It used to be very limited, very targeted, how you could spend that money. But over time, those uses expanded uh, pages and pages of of. of Ability to use that money any way that the school superintendent saw fit, whether it had anything to do with targeting that poverty gap that does exist uh, in our schools. We know it does, that students who are, come from poverty 
do fall behind for whatever reason, and that is whether they are black or white or brown, that poverty gap exists. Yeah, the reason I, that we go, go ahead. We I'm should, sorry. Well, I, I, and I'll just finish with this: the reason we should be so concerned about critical race theory uh, here in Arkansas is that uh, the the Biden administration has t- completely retooled a lot of the things that the Federal Department of Education is doing. In the U.S. Department of Education, they recently released a proposed new rule establishing priorities for grants in American history and civics education programs. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the real danger, the yes. dangerous thing, are grants. Because as I've already mentioned, school superintendents are about grabbing money. And if they see an opportunity to grab more money, and believe me, if you take federal money, you're going to have to follow the federal rules on that money. And here, these grants, uh, they offer priority. The rule that's been uh, adopted in 20, uh, April 19, 2021, would offer priority to grant projects that incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse perspectives. Now, that would include the teachings of critical race theory. Scholar Ibram Kendi has basically said uh, in his teachings on how to be anti-racist that the only way to overcome past discrimination, and we know it existed, but the only way to overcome past discrimination is current discrimination. And the only way then to cure current discrimination is future discrimination. Yeah, that's that's like the pendulum swing, which is a common flaw in our character, as we, we go from one extreme to the other extreme, but both of those extremes are wrong. We don't need to pendulum swing past justice. And I think that's what we're talking about here. All right. We've got to take a break. When we come back, I, I mentioned that I thought that critical race theory went back to, you know, Karl Marx. Karl Marx, the proletariat, and the bourgeoisie. Everybody mm-hmm. that knows anything about the early 20th century mm-hmm. understands about that. Well, now they, they, use, they do the same thing, except they use two different terms. They use the oppressor and the victim. And we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing uh, are standing by to help you. Going to be a lot of rain this week. Keep, a, you know, keep an eye on your ceilings. Keep an eye on your baseboards. If you see water along the baseboards anywhere or you see a different coloration than what the, you know, the color is up. Uh, on your on your ceiling you probably have a leak somewhere you need to get that taken care of because uh, if you catch it soon enough no no harm all right no blood no harm so to speak but uh, if you don't fix it and it keeps leaking on that drywall or it keeps running down that drywall between in your walls you're going to have some problems mold and all kinds of stuff so you want pi roofing to come out and make sure that gets stopped. They will repair your last line of defense against the elements. All you got to do is call them 707 3551. 707 3551 or go online to piroofing.com. And let me just make one last point about PI Roofing. 
They don't put anybody on your roof unless they can do the job and do it right. Uh, Joel Johnson tests everybody and uh, make sure that they put on shingles, they put on the felt, they do whatever is necessary to repair a roof the PI roofing way, Joel Johnson's way, and it, believe me, is the best way. That's PI roofing, 707 3551 or piroofing.com. All right, back with you, and uh, C. Representative Mark Lowry is on with us. Did I make a, a pretty good transition there, Mark, as far as the early 20th century, and here we are in the early 21st century, instead of proletariat and bourgeoisie? We now have the oppressor and the victim. Well, that's that's exactly right, and that was the point I was trying to make also earlier that that just the proletariat bourgeoisie concept did not take root uh, to be able to be effective in America. Uh, this class warfare just really did not uh, make the changes that Marxists wanted, and so they've pivoted instead to trying to create division by by race and ethnicity and you know that uh, uh iverson gave just some amazing testimony in, in uh the committees on these bills just you know really giving his perspective uh that you know we need less division mm-hmm. in our schools we we certainly do not need to be incorporating teaching that is creating division uh, that these these students are labeled as being privileged, they're oppressors. Those who uh, are not privileged, they are uh, the oppressed, and that just creates this disharmony and and uh, dissension and division within our schools. And and uh, we should be going the opposite direction of that. And you know, Mark, the, the reason uh, that. That wouldn't work here. Uh, the uh, Marxism wouldn't work here in its, in its true form. It's because we have so many opportunities here, you know, uh, because you look at the communities. Now, what was the last uh, Monday uh, Memorial Day where it was the 100th aniv- anniversary of the uh, Tulsa riots? Uh, uh, the uh, yes. uh, Green, uh, uh, what is it, Green, Green Street there Greenwood. in Tulsa. Greenwood in Tulsa there. I used to live there. I should know that. But anyway, we think about what that was, not not the ride in itself, but that town, that place there was called Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to argue that uh, that that there's no equality, well, not use the word equality, but opportunity to advance, um, you know, that America is not a caste system because a lot of those people uh, came from, sure, most of them came from former slaves and and became so prosperous until they were called Wall Street. You know, and, and that was not just an odd place because you had little places, you had places like that all across America. Yes. And so that argument then would not hold up. So they pivot to something else that's immutable, which is your skin color. There you go. And so you look at, and like, like Pine Bluff, I think, is, is an example. Of, you know, Pine Bluff was a mecca. Year, years ago, there was a lot of black businesses, and a lot of black businesses all across the South, I think. Till Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yeah. Until the government comes in and tries to help everybody. Yeah. And, and, and you have licensing and all kinds of permitting requirements. And, you know, when we have free markets, guess what? Even racists will hire people that they normally wouldn't have hired because of the fact you know, that's a better deal. Yeah. You know, if I can save 10 bucks, you know what? Yeah, I, you know, 
it's going to cost me ten more dollars to buy from this white guy than it is from the black guy. Yeah. You know, I don't like the white guy that much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that's I, the fact is that that Americans don't like to waste money, and yeah. so that that's one of the ways to bring people together. Unless you're is, a Democrat, well, yeah. <laughs> well, they don't like to waste their own money. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Mark, I, I think in my mind, the most damning thing about this critical race theory is that it's being taught. It's now being pushed down because it's been in colleges since the seventies. Being taught again, it's called theory, and it's taught as truth. And it's taught as truth, just like evolution. It's taught as truth. But the most damning thing is pushing it down to the you know high school, and then of course down to the middle school, and and then to elementary school. So now you you're you're putting in the mind of these children that there's that that America is racist. You can't. It's worse off than it's ever been when it's actually better. Uh, opportunities than it's ever been. And so you start right. raising up a whole new generation of children to hate America for absolutely no reason. Okay, so Mark, how do we educate our representatives and senators? Well, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm doing something today that I think is going to uh, take a, a significant step in that. I am filing with the uh, Arkansas Attorney General's office, Leslie Rutledge's office, a request for an opinion, an AG opinion, that uh, the use of critical race theory in any state entity, but specifically the schools, violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Equal Protection Clause. This is built around a similar request that was uh, granted in Montana by the commissioner of education there and their attorney general uh, gave an opinion. Uh, I think it was maybe two weeks ago that, and, and the real difference here is that Montana attorney general's opinions are binding law. Mm. Uh, whereas Arkansas attorney general opinion is not, but it will go a long way if we get a favorable opinion from her, which I believe we will, especially if she goes back and looks at what the Montana attorney general said, uh, then I believe that uh, and I hope that Secretary Key would then send memorandum uh, out to school districts warning them uh, that uh, while the opinion may not have force of law, it certainly would be able to be entered into evidence of any citizen, any parent who files a lawsuit against school districts because they are using critical race theory. All right. And then uh, last question for you here, Mark, on uh, this Monday, and and that is if uh, a local organization would like you to come in and speak about this, are you open to do that? Absolutely. I I would be more than happy. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be speaking to a group in Faulkner County uh, July 1st. And so, yes, I would I would love to to go anywhere in the state and talk about this issue. Okay, well, you'll follow me up. I just spoke to him last week and I talked to him about wokeism and why you have to be concerned about wokeism. So I I told him that you were coming and that they needed to be there and turn out in force and hear what you had to say about critical race theory so uh we appreciate you you, mark thank you so much for what you're doing and uh when should we hear more about this ag request well i'm filing the request today uh typically uh, in arkansas takes 30 60 days or more i'm hoping that they will expedite it and get us an opinion back before the school starts uh school starts back in the fall 
and I think it again, it will help that the, the Montana attorney general's already issued an opinion. And I'll make sure that uh, uh, Attorney General uh, Rutledge's staff is aware of that opinion. It maybe will help them be able to expedite this opinion. And, and I'll be glad to come back. All right. Promise me you'll come back on after we hear from that. I will. All right. We thank appreciate you. you, Mark. Thanks so much. State Representative Mark Lowry this morning here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Go have some more coffee. Get on with your day. And we'll talk to you later. We appreciate your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just as much as I appreciate the time of Paul Calvert and Iverson Jackson. Yes. Iverson, very, very, uh, uh, you know, active in this whole critical race theory and 1619 uh we appreciate you, brother. You're welcome. We really do. We really appreciate you. Sour be it. All right. I'll be back tomorrow, but I'll be broadcasting from Branson. That's mm-hmm. where I'll be tomorrow. Then I'll be in Louisville Wednesday and Thursday. And on my way back home on Friday, it's our first big trip again with Little Rock Tours. I'm going on it, but I'm still doing my show. It's easy to do with the equipment we got now. I can almost do it just off my cell phone. It's amazing. And so uh, I'll be talking to you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Elizabeth will be with me. And then the Bible guys, they're going to come in and sit in the studio. And then I'll talk to them on the road. So that's all coming your way. Stay tuned. We've got uh, Money Talk coming up here on the on the uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I'll talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m.